I want to start just with uh, a thing just for you guys, uh, just to clarify something. So uh, I'm on TV occasionally talking about the news of the last week on, on Alberta Primetime. And this week, and it's a show that no one watches. And because uh, most of you did not know that I was on it. And uh, which is fine. But I said something this week that I want to make sure that I clarify because I was asked to comment on a new ice cream shop that is open in town called Sweet Jesus. And there are predictably many Christians who are offended by the name of this ice cream shop. Very, very upset. And, uh, and what I said on the show, and I got an email from someone, not from this congregation, who was annoyed with me because they, say, they told me in my email that I said that the people who were initiating this campaign, who are primarily people from the United States who are upset about the name of the Canadian ice cream shop, I said that they weren't Christians. That's not exactly true. What I said is that they weren't Christians in any way that mattered now or for eternity. So I just want to be clear on what I said and why. Because this is how, and this is a helpful thing of wisdom, this is how we discern between who are really followers of Jesus and who are Christians culturally and because it benefits them for this life only. If you are shook by the name of, a, of an ice cream shop, you are not a Christian in any way that matters now or for eternity. Because if we genuinely have the creator of the universe on our side and saving us, then we do not care about the names of ice cream shops. Okay? And I want to be really, really clear about that. I'm not being offensive to people. I'm not trying to say that, we, that you shouldn't, that you have to go eat ice cream there. What I'm saying is that if we are genuine believers in the sovereignty of God, then we don't worry when people do things that make us mad. Because we are promised throughout this book that people will do things that make us mad. And you know what we're supposed to do when that happens? Love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. So, as it says in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. I recommend you eat ice cream this weekend. I don't care where you buy it. Buy it from there if you like it. Don't buy it. I've never been there. I don't know. But we're not going to panic or get shook over the names of ice cream shops. And anyone that tells you that you should be panicked or shook is not speaking to you with the voice of the Lord. They're speaking to you with lies that come from the enemy that are trying to fill you with fear and paralysis. Okay? So that is, that is what I said, and that is what I meant, just to clarify for you my uh, congregation. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to continue to talk not about the names of ice cream shops, but we're going to talk about, uh, although it's connected, we're going to talk about being at home while away. And we're going to talk about personal transformation. Part of that personal transformation is understanding is the name of an ice cream shop important, right? Um, but part of that personal transformation is, is, is this idea of just connecting and, and transforming and being what we've been called to do. So we're developing, as I introduced last week, this idea of habits for godliness, that we want to transform and be at our best to be all that we can be, for lack of a better term, in, in, uh, spiritually, physically, vocationally, relationally, and financially, that, that, that these are the aspects of our lives that interconnect and change us, that, and they're, they're the, the outflow of who we are as followers of Jesus, and we're going to experiment 
over the next year of, of trying to develop some habits that, that push this in a healthy direction. And I showed you what I was going to work on for this week. I showed you what, oh, okay, so it's just not happening here. So I showed you what I was going to work on uh, for this week, which was this. I was going to read my Bible and pray every day. I'm already pretty good at that. So um, fasting and feasting. <laughs> So what I was said I was going to do was five days I was going to mark off for fasting, which is when you just eat like a normal person as opposed to like you're about to go to a chair or something like that. Like, um, so uh, that went okay. I had a couple of breakdowns where I had to have meetings with people, but that, but that went okay. Um, vocationally, I'm still working on that one, and, and that's more of a vague thing. Uh, financially, making and submitting to a budget. The budget is made. Submission is another story. So I might have to not spend anything next week, but it's okay. I've got a month to, to catch up. Um, and then relationally, uh, I was going to do an inventory of bitterness. Now, uh, I did this. I'm still struggling of what to do with it now because uh, I'm going to be honest with you. So I, I think this is really important to be like, I don't want to allow bitterness to grow, but it's a little bit weird to call someone and be like, so, hey, I've been mad at you since 2007, and uh, we should deal with that. You know, <laughs> like I, So I'm still struggling with what to deal with it. Uh, there might be some awkward phone calls to be made, or there might be some things that I just be like, I should just get over that. Um, so anyway, just to let you know where I am. Um, so we want to still work on that, but... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close this here and hope that it connects again so I can see my notes. So what, but we're, what we're going what we're going to do today is we're going to lay the foundation for what we're talking about by asking the question, what were you made for? Because this is helpful as we're talking about transformation. We know what we want to be, but why ought we to be there? What, what, what is the whole point of this transformation? Is it merely to look better? Is it merely to, to be better, to, 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 to feel more comfortable in our own skin? You know, uh, the, the foundation for the kind of change that, we talking, uh, that we're talking about has to be built on something tangible. And it has to be something built on something more than I'd like to be able to fit into different clothes. And I'd like to be able to not get into a fist fight with my cousin at the next family reunion, right? It's got to be about something deeper than that, okay? And where we're going to start is at the beginning, which is a very good place to start. And we're going to start uh, at Genesis 1-1, which says this thing, which is earth-shattering and earth-shaking for those of us who are Christians, but I think we gloss over it sometimes, which is this idea that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what we believe is that God created and, and leaving aside how long that took, let's just push that question to the side for now. God intentionally made everything that you see around us. God created this world intentionally. All that we see in nature, all that we see about who we are, everything about this world, about you, your body, the way it functions, the, 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 the tides, the way that the, the, the moon circles the earth, the way that the, 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 the planets circle the sun, the way that all of this stuff interacts, God did that intentionally. It didn't happen by accident, okay? It didn't happen because because it, it, it didn't happen uh, just as some some weird explosion. It happened because God intended it to happen. 
I've been spending a lot of time uh, watching the Netflix series Chef's Table, uh, which I love uh, because it's it's filmed in such a beautiful way for something that seems kind of completely ridiculous. And all the people that are on it are in some ways completely ridiculous. But these are people that when they make a plate of food for you, which you're going to eat, you're just going to shove that food into your mouth the same way that you do like a pile of fries from McDonald's. Like they're going to, but they, they place like individual pieces of rice on the plate with tweezers, you know, to make sure that it is situated in the right, that each individual piece of rice is in the right place in order for the plate to look as beautiful as it ought to. God used the same care and attention when he made the universe. And there were some things that I'm sure were, were just experiments. Like, let's take a horse, make it bigger, let's give it canoes for horns, and then make it extremely violent. That ought to be fun. Like, I think, and but God saw the moose and was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, it'll damage a whole lot of people, but, but wow, is that thing real cool. Like, you know, I... But God did that intentionally. And just as amazed as God was by a moose, which is like a tank in the woods that can destroy everything in its face, and it looks really dumb, but it moves like the wind. Like, as much as God was amazed by that moose, God was amazed by you. And all of the things that he put together, he's just like, wow, that's really, that's really, Tavis is really cool. I'm amazed by this. Like, I, I, I wasn't intending I, 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 wow, this is really, really cool. Every one of you, God looked at you, and in the same way he looked at a moose, was like, wow, that, that's pretty amazing and awesome. So God created, there was intentional, intention, there was balance and care in what God did. And even at the beginning, this is very interesting, that even as God is creating the universe with intention and care, what he is creating it out of at that time was formless and empty. Now, in Hebrew, this is a different word. And the, it, formless and empty is one way to translate it. In Hebrew, it's, a, it's sort of a rhyming word. It's tovu vavohu. And it means wild and waste is another way that it's tran translated. And it's a, it's a word that's often used for chaos, just things that we don't understand when we don't know what's going on there. Sometimes they use it to describe like a stormy ocean is, is tovu bavohu. But that's what the world was. And in the midst of that, God creates, intentionally creates. In the midst of chaos, God brings about order and beauty. Okay? And as he makes everything that you see around us, from plants, the sky, water, separates everything, each time we see as we go through, and God saw that it was good. And then he makes... He makes seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and he sees that it was good. And then he, and the, and, and then he makes lights to govern the day and night, sun, moon, and stars, and, and, he, and he sees that it was good. And then, and then he makes, he makes the fish and birds flying, and, 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 he's, and he says that it was good. And then, and then he makes animals and, and all of these things and livestock and creatures that move along the ground and wild animals of all kinds. God saw that it was good, and there's nothing that God created that was a mistake. There is nothing that God created that was a mistake. There is nothing that God created that was a mistake. And God is intimately involved in creation. And he tries things and he experiments and he sees that it was good. And in the same way he applied all of that to nature, which we are quite easily, we are quite readily available to go out to, to the foothills and look at the mountains and say, that is beautiful. Obviously, that is beautiful. We stand in front of the ocean. We say, that is beautiful. 
and we see moose and animals running through the through, through the wilderness and we're like that is beautiful and amazing and we do that easily with all of those things but yet and god said that they were good but yet god makes humanity as well and often we're like i don't know about that guy that guy's kind of weird i don't know about i don't know about her she's kind of i'm going to stand at arm's length cuz that that's a little bit weird or we look in the mirror and say like well phew, ugh god did not make this properly but isn't it interesting that when god makes humanity when god makes you and i he looks in the same way that he said all of nature was good he says that humans were very good he said let's make humanity in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created mankind or humanity in his own image in the image of god he created them Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves in the ground. And, the, and then he talks about uh, plants for a minute. And we've been given plants for food. And then God saw all that he had made and it was very good. It was very good. So as much as we go to the ocean and say, wow, this is amazing. As much as we go to the mountains and say, wow, this is amazing. As much as we see a moose running violently through the woods and we say, wow, that is amazing. We ought to look at every single human being with the exact same level of awe and amazement because that's what God does. When God sees every human being, he says that it is very good. It's not very good until he places us. And every one of us are made in the image of God. So we're, we are created in the image of God. Let's, let's, let's ground our being in that first, that every human being, all of us are created in the image of God. But not only are we created in the image of God just to, just to be and look nice and just do mountainy things like mountains do, which is mostly sit there and be heavy, occasionally fall onto a town. Like, I think that is mostly what... We have been called to something different. Let us make humanity in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. Now, this word rule for us sounds like, well, I am on top of this thing and I can crush it if I will. It belongs to me. In the Old Testament, the word that they used for rule really meant to to, to have responsibility for that that so when God is saying let them rule over it he's saying we will give them responsibility for this world that we have created they have responsibility for the animals for the birds in the sky the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move or move over the ground so every one of you that takes care of an animal every one of you that takes care of a pet be it a dog or a cat or a lizard or multiple lizards Keegan um, every one of you that does that imitates the heart of God and does what God has commanded you to do. Every one of you that cares for that does what God has called and cared for and commanded you to do. You were created for that. We are created to rule over the plants of the air. This is our responsibility. What you were made for was to care for a portion of God's creation and like God did, wrestle it from chaos to order. To take a small part of what is in your control and make it 
beautiful and good and productive and what God intended it for, for, for it to be. And if you are breathing air, this is what you are made for. If you are breathing air, there is a portion of this earth which you are responsible for, which is, is essential for you to, to wrestle that chaos into order. That, that, that there's a portion of this world, there's a portion of this planet that is in need, there are people on it that are in need of your caring and responsibility. That is your role as a created being on this planet. That's what you were made for. So understanding that, that we were created in the image of God for a specific purpose of caring for a portion of this planet, it is so important for us that we get these things right. We're not getting our spiritual house in order just so we can feel good about having our spiritual house in order. We need to have our spiritual house in order and the power that comes from God in order to properly care for the things that we've been given dominion over. We need to be as fit as our bodies can possibly be because these are the instruments and the tools that we use to take care of the things that God has called us to take care of, to take care of the people that God has called us to take care of. These need to be working well, and we need to be good stewards of these bodies in order to do what God has called us to do. We want to have our vocational li lives in order because we don't want to be working against ourselves. We want to be doing something that is in line with who we have been created to be, with what is essential for us that allows us to take responsibility for that portion. We want to be in good relations with other people because, because if we're going, to, we need to be in partnership with other people in order to care for what God has called us to care for. We, I can't care for, for, for this portion of the planet or the, the earth or the, the people that I've been called to care for if I'm at war with you, right? That's distracting. It consumes way too much of my energy. I don't have enough time and energy to be at war with you and care for these things. So I want to be in rela good relations with other people. Financially, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. I need to be in a position where I can be generous with those around me and I have my needs cared for in order to care for that part of the world that God has put me in charge of. All of these things are connected and they're not merely to make us feel better. They're about connecting us with who we are and equipping us to do what we've been called to do. Getting, we transform because we have responsibilities that demand us to be at our best. So we undertake transformation, not merely to look better or feel better, but to take care of what we've been, what we've been given a responsibility for. And this is really important for us because like, very quickly when you begin to talk about transformation and being different physically or financially or spiritually or relationally, people very quickly get into the concept of, do I deserve this? And if you're a connoisseur of transformational reality television, as I might be, um, you'll know that a very important plot, a very important plot, a very important plot point of every one of those series is when the guide or the, the expert has a conversation with the person who is being transformed and, and asks them, do you deserve this makeover, weight loss, financial restoration, blah, 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 blah. And the person who is being transformed gives them some sort of long answer that doesn't really answer the question, but basically they're saying, I don't feel like I deserve this attention, this effort, this, this, this change that's happening. And then the guide person says, you do deserve it. 
you do deserve it because you're whatever. That's fine. That's good. And I love that part of the TV show. And, and, I, and it might get a little bit dusty in there when it happens. But I want to completely remove this from the concept of whether or not you deserve this. It doesn't matter whether or not you deserve it. The answer is probably no. But you were made for it. Does a hammer deserve to hit nails? Who cares? That's what it was made for. That's what it was made for. The concept of deserve doesn't even enter into the conversation. Does a truck deserve to have regular maintenance like oil changes and things that keep it running? Who cares about deserve? It doesn't matter. It needs those things in order to be what it's been created to be, a truck that gets us from point A to point B and can be filled with soccer balls or lumber or something. I don't know, whatever. Right? I, like that, uh, that, that plot point is, is a lovely plot point, but it misses the point. It's not about whether or not you deserve this. This is what you were created for. It's bigger than that. It doesn't matter whether or not you deserve health or happiness. You've got a responsibility. We need you on the team. You need to be at your best. All of us need to be working towards transformation together because there's a whole lot of work in wrestling this world from chaos to order, and it veers more into chaos all the time, so we need more of us wrestling it towards order, and we need you to be at your best. I don't care if you feel like you deserve it or not. You've been given this responsibility. Let's go, right? It's an important thing because I get caught up in deserve as well. I get caught up in like, oh, do I deserve to be? Who cares? You've been given a job. Go get it done. And let's be ready to do it. So to answer the question, what were you made for? You were made for responsible labor making order out of chaos. Now, that might be in your job. You know, some of you might have that as part of your job. You might be a, a farmer who literally, like, tills the land and grows things. You might be a person who, who works on a database and takes all sorts of random information and then puts it into an order in which it can be found easily. That's order out of chaos. You might be a person that, that serves ice cream, but then you have responsibility for the people with whom you make ice cream. That is, that is good and valuable work to do. You might be a retired person that has a garden you, there is, and has a family and, and people to look after. There are things, you are made for responsible labor making order out of chaos. If you're a person who makes music and you take the sounds that are random in the world and put them into an order that sounds pleasant to the ear, you are making order out of chaos. If you build a building out of rocks and things that are lying on the ground, you make order out of chaos. If you take things that are broken and be, uh, the, and be they plumbing or cars and make them work in the way that they ought to, you are making order out of chaos. That is what you are created for. But that's not the only thing that you were created for. Because in the midst of this, in the midst of giving, uh, of giving the man all, giving humanity all of these responsibilities, God looks at humanity, and in the midst of all of the animals and all, the, uh, all of the, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea and the things that crawl along the ground, God, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And in the midst of this, he says, it's not good for us to be lonely. So what else were you made for? You were made for communion with other people. Now, sometimes we've diminished this, and I think that this is unfair. We've diminished this to only romantic love and marriage love. That's, 
part of it, but it's not the whole thing. Because what that does is exclude, because if we do that, then we exclude people who are single or are single for a portion of time and say that, oh, you're not, you aren't what God has created you to be. That's not necessarily true, okay? We value people who, uh, who we, we, we still, you, we're, it is possible to have communion with people outside of a marriage relationship. But what we've created for is communion with other people that we work with other people, that we work alongside other people, that we have people with whom we share our lives and the responsibility because it's in the midst of this that we find that the work that we've been given, been given is not drudgery and is not a burden, but it becomes joyful because we are participating in what God has created us to do and created us to be. This is what Paul says when he gets to talking about this in 1 Corinthians 12. So there's different kind of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one of us are given a responsibility. To each one of us is given a gift. To each one of us is given a, a, an ability to do, to do the work that God has called us to do for the common good. That is where we find our, pur our purpose. When we find ourselves in the, midst of, in the midst of taking responsibility for that portion of this earth over which we have been given dominion, and we are doing that in concert and harmony with people around us, that is what we have been created for. Okay? So this is incredibly essential for us. And I don't want to, to ignore this because obviously the fall happens and obviously sin happens and obviously the, 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 the world begins to sink in towards sin and death and we are constantly working against that until Jesus makes all things new. But even prior to the fall, we were created for work and labor doing what God has called us to do. There is no sin in that. Even before the fall, we were created for communion with other people. There is no sin in that, okay? And that is what we are going to spend our eternity doing, is wrestling order out of chaos and being in communion with God and with each other. That is what we are made for. So that is how we are at home while we're away, and that's why we work on these disciplines. And it's important for us as we're as we're going to be in relationship with other people, that we be in relationship with God because that's how we understand and are grounded enough to have relations with other people. That, that we take care of our bodies because whether we like it or not, it's our bodies that relate to other people through our voices, through our eyes, through our, our frowns and our eyebrows that go flat when we're mad at people. And then, anyway. That we take care of our financials so we can be generous in our relationships with other people, so that we can, so that we can be, so that we can understand that that if other people succeed, it is not at our expense, right? That we work on our relational lives and our vocational lives. All of these things are a part of who we have been made to be, even before the fall, even before sin entered into us and entered into the world. This is what we were made for. And as we work on these habits, this is the foundation upon which we're building. That as we work on getting better in all of the ways that we need to get better, this foundation upon which we are building is this, that God has created us, that there is something in this world that needs doing, that if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. 
And there's people in this world who need you to be in concert with them, who need your joy, your strength, your patience, your peace, in order for them to feel patience and joy and hope and peace. And that is why we work on these things. It's not about us. It's not about our feelings. It's not about whether or not we deserve it. It's not whether about, about lording it over others. It's about the fact that we have a responsibility to be the best version of who we were created to be in order to do what God has created us to do. Let's pray together. God. It is difficult to grasp for some of us that as much as you are amazed by by the Rocky Mountains, that you are more amazed by us. It is dis- difficult for us to grasp that as amazed as you are by, by your creation in, 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 the, the, in the Brontosaurus, you are more amazed by us. We ask that you would help us to grasp that, that in the midst of all of our flaws, in the midst of all of our sin, in the midst of all of our mistakes, in the midst of all of our fears and anxieties and lack of trust in you, that you are still amazed by us because you have created us, because you want what is best for us and what we were made for. So help us to pursue that. Help us to pursue that with, with every fiber of our being, knowing that, that what we are pursuing has already been won in, your, in, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Knowing that, that our, ultimate trans, uh, our ultimate transformation, our ultimate healing is completely sealed and, 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 and won in the work of Jesus on the cross and in his life and death and resurrection. So help us to work towards that. And as we meet at your table, remind us of what is good and what is true and what is valuable, and who we are in your eyes. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus.